1: fantasy podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiki and Zach Rosudo.
0: If you wanted a chance to move away from DJ Moore, I think this is your chance before Thursday night. Okay, he's a very good player, but he's not in a great situation. Denver's defense made Justin Fields look like Joe Montana out there. Moore ended up with eight catches for 131 yards and a touchdown. This is DJ Moore's best fantasy day since October of last year. And that was the game where, if you remember, Zach, PJ Walker found Moore for that 62-yard touchdown in overtime to win the game. Right? You remember that? So there, there was Actually, no... There, I don't yeah, to you
1: off here. It's pretty hilarious. It's they didn't win that game. Do you remember? Because he took his helmet off. <laughs> and then they missed the extra point and lost in overtime. It went to overtime. That's lost. right. Do you remember that? That was hilarious. See, that's wait, they, one thing...
0: Wait. Did... Wait, yes. hold on a second. Did they, they lost because of that? I thought that they was, I thought, oh, wait, oh, so oh, was that what made them go into overtime?
1: Yes, it was 23 to 29, I think is what was the score was. And they scored the touchdown, so it was 29-29, but DJ Moore took off his helmet. They called him for a personal foul or something, you know, on Sportsmanlike Conduct, pushed the kick back 15 yards, the kicker shanked it, and then they went in overtime and lost. <laughs> <laughs> Just a side note there, because I do remember that, and it's hilarious. Yeah. And I don't want to cause PTSD, but like we have to remember that <laughs> that's a dumb rule. And I I remember that game clearly. It was hilarious.
0: Okay, so it wasn't the sixty two yard touchdown in overtime. Okay, that's good to know.
1: Yeah, it was okay. at the end of the game. Anyway, still, at- you know, garbage time. It wasn't supposed to happen. Oh
0: man, that's so interesting. That's so funny that that happened that way, dude. I remember that, and and what a. Yeah what a what a crazy finish but if you had dj Moore, like you were definitely happy that week for sure um because yeah. 62 yard touchdown Probably to the end the game or at the happy. end of the game it's it's the best now yeah. before this nine target game that he just had he had a two target game a seven target game a six target game and that's not really going to get it done those are high target shares by the way the seven targets and six targets are close to 30 percent target shares okay so that just tells you how much the bears pass the ball um outside of this denver game where Justin Fields threw the ball for 334 yards and four touchdowns. Fields is averaging 175 yards passing and one passing touchdown. Okay. I'm taking advantage of what came out of this Denver game if I can. He had that garbage time touchdown in Kansas City in week three with like three minutes left in the game, four minutes left in the game, whatever it was. Moore does have Washington coming up. Okay. Which is a decent matchup. He has a great matchup against Minnesota. But I rather use these good matchups as selling points then try to squeeze more production from him okay i think that a lot of people are worried about this passing offense but when you kind of sell them on the idea of two good matchups coming up it's easier to sell okay i wouldn't want to you know go and like you know try to take advantage of these matchups the risk being that a he doesn't come through okay and then b once these good matchups are done what's the appeal right the appeal would only be there if DJ Moore ends up killing it in these two games, also, right? So, you know, he's sitting at the wide receiver 17 right now with 15.4 fantasy points per game, while his expected fantasy points is sitting at 10.8 fantasy points per game. Okay, that ranks 49th among wide receivers. So that discrepancy tells you that he's overproducing right now. Let, let's remove week one. Let's just let's let's say that you have an argument that they needed time to gel. Okay? He only had, I think, two targets in that game. Wide receiver 10 in fantasy points per game uh, at 18.9 if we remove that game, but still the wide receiver 30 in expected fantasy points per game at 13.4. Okay? So Moore is profiling more as a wide receiver 3 than a wide receiver 2 right now, and I think he might be viewed as a wide receiver 2. So you might be able to get a little bit of value out of him after his big game.
1: Yeah, and you talk about the wide receiver three, wide receiver two conversation. I think that's right on the money because you look at the game log. You have those, not only do you have the game log, you can look forward two games and say he has good matchups coming up, but you also look back two games and it looks like the horrific week one was corrected, you know, based on just the fantasy point output that he's had. But what gets masked is the fact that last week, the week before, I should say, not last week, because last week was against technically the Broncos, but when they played the Chiefs, uh, you mentioned it. The late touchdown saved the day. There wasn't a whole lot going on for him in that game. Otherwise, I think this is a really good spot to sell uh, DJ Moore. You're not going to be able to move him, I think, after this next week. I mean, it's a decent matchup, but his value isn't going to be much higher than it is right now. You talk about that perceived value. You look at the volume that he's getting. It's not going to be enough to keep up. Like you mentioned, in the past three weeks, he's averaging 18.9 points per game. It's just not going to be there. It's not going to be enough. And this was a concern coming into the season. Uh, I don't want to come out. I don't want to go back and say, like, oh, well, we were right because he's having a decent season so far. But you look at the way he's producing, it's pretty much matching the concern that we had. You know, we talked about him. I talked about him on the bust episode. I said, is there going to be enough quality targets going his way on a weekly basis for him to be consistently performing? And it might be working out so far, but we know that these things tend to regress to the mean where the volume, you know, that's king. So if he's not getting the volume that he needs, he's going to eventually regress. And at this point, especially like you said, against the Broncos, they did everybody a big solid here and they made him sellable, DJ Moore. So I'm with you on this one. And it's pretty hilarious because I did this last time when we did our buy with Tony Pollard and CeeDee Lamb. I'm staying on the same team here. And I'm going to say that you should sell Justin Fields. Now, there's a caveat to this. I talked about... The immediate takeaway from the game this past week, you know, obviously against the Broncos, I thought the immediate takeaway was that you should sell Justin Fields. But I'm going to play a little devil's advocate here because I just want to help you imagine for a second what holding on to him could look like. Now, I'm not saying you should be buying him, but if you have him and you like what you saw against the Broncos, and it's easy to like what you see against the Broncos, like I just want to paint a little picture here. I'm going to play devil's advocate. He's actually been relatively serviceable this season and he finally has a performance that you can build on, right? So he's averaging 18.2 points per game over the first four games, and that places him as a high-end QB, two. So he's not completely off the radar. It's not like we drafted him high. We did, and he's not performing for you at all. It only stings as bad as it does to see him underperform because we drafted him so high. But he hasn't gone full Daniel Jones on us and thrown up a six bomb in the game log. So that's got to count for something, right? I think you should definitely be fielding offers for him and using him in negotiations, and that's why I have him as a sell. But it's, and that's especially if you can move up a few legs, uh, pegs at QB. Targeting a guy like Kirk Cousins and Brock Purdy wouldn't be a bad idea. I think you could go get them if you want to add security with some upside versus the volatility of Fields. But you look ahead with what the Bears have coming up. We saw what Justin Fields just did in a good matchup. And like I said, we're taking this all with a grain of salt because it was the Broncos. But you look ahead the next four weeks. He's got four straight matchups against teams currently ranking inside the top 10 for the most points allowed to QBs this season. That's the Commanders, the Vikings, the Raiders, and the Chargers. Imagine he gets things going. Like, if he starts throwing, if he keeps throwing like he did last week, if he gets a little bit going in the ground game, could we see a midseason breakout like we did last year? Like, And again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's something worth considering here because have you been left out to dry yet by Justin Fields? No, I don't think you have, besides maybe week one. He's got a good slate of games coming up. I think if things start clicking, and I'm not saying they're going to. Like I said, the, the Bears are all kinds of messed up right now. But they can score points. I think Justin Fields could be better than a lot of people are thinking he's going to be, just based off what we've seen so far. I think that it's easy to say sell after you play the Broncos. But I look ahead, and I'm thinking maybe it's not such a bad idea to hold on to him. I, I totally
0: understand that. Um, I would say that if you have a good deal on the table, take it. I would say if you want to start another quarterback over him, do it. Like, uh, you know, CJ Stroud, Brock Purdy, these guys, Matthew Stafford, yeah, even. Like, definitely. I'm cool with it. Um, especially if he got Scooper cut back. If not, maybe Justin Fields is still the start. But, you know, good matchups, like you said. I wouldn't, I would, a lot of people are asking me if they should just drop him. And I, the answer every time is no, right? right. You got to stash him at this point, at the very least. Um, there are people dropping Justin Fields. See it all the time. People picking back, picking him back, pick him back, back up, away. and yeah, I mean, there's too much upside here, guys. Okay, um, so sell him if you can, and like you said, man, like if anything, you know, you if you keep him and he does his thing against these good matchups, it all comes down to the rushing for me, you know. If he starts killing it in the passing game in these good matchups, it wouldn't surprise me because that's how a lot of these quarterbacks are getting it done against these crappy NFL teams. But at the end of the day, if Justin Fields gets that design rushing attempts up, it was at 10% again this past week, man. Like, that's not what we want. We need it to be higher. Um, That's my concern. So if it doesn't go up, it it was really, really – and I talked about it on Instagram last week, where the design rushing attempts went up from ten to twenty to thirty-two, and then went to back down to ten again <laughs> this past week. So it's like you know we were, we were almost there, we were almost there, Zach. And I'm hoping that it can go back up because if it does, that's really where where, where all the value is.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. And just one thing too, was it last year? I think it was last year the Bears played the Commanders on Thursday night. <laughs> And that's when Justin Fields started looking like a QB one. He had his first top 12 performance. And this is just obviously lore, pretty much at this point, but first top 12 performance against the commanders on Thursday night football. I remember that. (laughs) And after Uh that, he went on a streak. So not saying it's going to happen, but just something worth mentioning. Cause I remember seeing this in the schedule. I was like, didn't we just play this game? Cause everybody, this they're doing the same thing this year that they did last year. They're complaining about the commanders and the bears on Thursday night football. They're like, what are they doing? The schedule makers. And I, re- I recognize them like this was the Justin Fields breakout game. So just throwing it out there. I'm not a Justin Fields apologist or hype man, but I'm just saying just a fun fact. 2400 sports is an odyssey company.